Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're in Matthew chapter 10. He's just given us the warning about coming persecution. Then comes verse 26. Therefore, don't be afraid of them, since there is nothing covered that won't be uncovered and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. What you hear in a whisper, proclaim on the housetops. Now, we're going to zoom in on those two verses, but I want you to hear what's coming for tomorrow's devotion uh, or Monday's devotion and the day after. Don't fear those who kill the body but are not able to kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and body in hell. Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's consent. But even the hairs on your head have all been counted. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Wow, this is incredible. Um, we're going to cover this in our sermon tomorrow, right? Uh, in, in, in tomorrow's sermon, we're going to come go from verse 26 to verse 39. So I want to give you just a preview of it. And I want to kind of connect it to what we just heard in our, in our devotions. No persecutor of Christianity, D.A. Carson writes, no one, uh, I'm not getting the quote exactly right, so for, forgive me, Dr. Carson. Um, no persecutor can do to you what God could do to you. <laughs> Right? It's way, be way more afraid of God than you are of persecutors. Because God is the one who judges both uh, the soul and the body. And by the way, verse 28 does in fact say, in hell. All right? That this is where we experience wrath of God for our sin. So we can't divorce God completely and entirely from the nature of hell. God's the creator. Uh, See to it that you don't you don't worship some made-up, castrated version of God with a lowercase g, but the actual capital G, God of the Bible. Don't be afraid of them. He says in verse 26, and he's talking about these guys who refer to Jesus as Beelzebul. These cowardly brothers who sell their brothers out to be killed for their faith in Christ. These despicable parents who sell their own children to be killed because of their confession of Christ. These, ah, these dastardly children who would have their own parents executed because they confess Christ. That's verse 21 through 22. These wolves, as they're described in verses 16 through 20, uh, who would persecute Christians and have Christians killed and bring Christians before governors and kings to give an account. They feel like they're doing something righteous. They thought that they've got you pinned. They think that they've dragged you out to give a testimony and account for your despicable beliefs. Like here in Washington state, we're being framed as despicable because we believe that it's morally wrong to kill human beings in the womb. And, and then when they do that, when they call you out, when they, when you, when they bring you forward, all, of the, all they've really done is given a platform and the Spirit of God's going to speak through you. Don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of them. Are you more afraid of non-Christians or anti-Christians on Facebook than you are of God? Are you more afraid of your relatives at Christmas time who are going to make snide remarks about you than you are of God? There's nothing covered that's going to be uncovered, right? Everything's going to be made known. Nothing hidden that won't be uncovered, right? Don't, don't be afraid of them. Everything that they've done in the dark, God's going to bring to light, right? Don't take this upon yourself, by the way. This is the work of God, <laughs> okay? This verse 26 
<laughs> removed from context is like the self-appointed uh, Christian bloggers like purpose statement. <laughs> no, man, deal with your own sin. Okay, look what they're doing, their intentions, talking about the persecutors of Christianity, it's going to be made known. It's going to be uncovered. And they're all going to see that Jesus is Lord. The story ends with every knee bowing and every tongue confessing that Jesus is Lord and there's no one above him. That's how the story ends. So make sure that you're not afraid of these people who deny that truth for now because they will change their minds. They will change their minds when they see God. And many of them, by the way, the truth is they actually do believe. They're just suppressing that truth to, to get away with wickedness. They're suppressing the truth of God so that they can try to rationalize sin. So in verse 27, what I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. What you hear in a whisper, proclaim on the housetops. Okay, let it be known outwardly. Your Christian faith is to be spoken in a way that it is heard. It's not something that you keep covered. You don't, you don't cover your light in a bushel by a basket. You don't try to hide and disguise the work of God in you. This is something that, this is a tactic that may be used by uh, undercover Christian missionaries in certain contexts, but you know why they're there? They didn't go there to not share the gospel, okay? <laughs> right? They may, have, they may have gotten a degree in English just so that they can go there to, under the auspices of teaching an English class, but even the undercover Christian missionary is going to speak in the light what he now knows to be true in the dark. She's going to say from, she's going to say from the housetop what she heard in a whisper, okay? They didn't, they didn't go there just to not share the gospel and then come back. They're going to speak it out. They're going to say it. And so you let it be known. You let it be heard. You speak it out. I was the, uh, the drumline director for like a middle school and a high school with this really huge music program. And uh, I'd come to accept a position as a youth pastor, you know, a couple of months after that at, at our church in Orlando. And so while we were in Pensacola, I knew this was my last, this was my last couple of months with these kids that I had been working with for, for a, a few years at that point. And they, they knew that I was a Christian. They knew that I was a youth pastor. I had baptized, I want to say about 11 of my drummers at that point. It was really, really exciting. It was really cool. Um, and you know, I would, I would try to be smart about it and, and try to make sure that I, I, I abided by the rules that were given me. I didn't hide my Christian faith. And when I was asked about it, I could speak about it freely, you know, but it was in a public school setting and everybody knew what was going on. It was really, it was really quite perfect. But then I knew that I would already resign from that position. I was just fulfilling my last, you know, few months worth of duties to this program to see to it that they went off and did well at their competition, which they did. They won drums. Won, won the grand championship there. Uh, and then I was moving off to Orlando. But at my last few rehearsals, in the weeks thereafter, um, it got really exciting. You know, um, I'd stand up on a literal physical platform and then share the gospel of Jesus Christ with these hundreds of teenagers. And um, there were parents that complained here and there, but my director was retiring anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> and everybody knew it anyway, and had already shared the gospel before anyway. I literally wrote a show that shared the gospel, and every time we performed, the crowd would cheer like crazy, especially when we went to Nashville, Tennessee. Everybody would just cheer and scream like crazy because we'd, we'd proclaim the name of Jesus and then depict with music the gospel of Jesus Christ that led to the salvation of a photographer at one of these events. It was really, really amazing. So it was the, it was the worst kept secret. <laughs> Right, like in that whole organization that like Jesse's a pastor and he's here to share Jesus with these kids. And um, man, it was absolutely amazing because I would do it and these kids would like cheer. <laughs> and it was totally against, it was totally against, you know, what the school board would stipulate uh, uh, in that regard. But uh, man, it was, it was great because I knew I was on my way out the door. And um, what's so funny about it is that in those moments when I did just overtly defy and just share the gospel of Jesus Christ from a platform in a public school setting, um, even though my salary was really funded by the Boosters organization, um, the response was beautiful. And, and so all the while, I could have been doing it all the while, it seems, you know, maybe I should have done it more. Uh, you know, I didn't do it really until I was on my, I had one foot out the door, but I can tell you from experience what it's like to, you know, like share the gospel overtly on your way out of a job where it's forbidden for you to do that kind of thing. The reception was really incredible. Uh, the reception was really beautiful. Granted, that was Florida and this is Washington, but it's the same gospel. It's the same God, it's the same spirit. And this word still holds sway. What, you, what, what you're told in the dark, speak in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. If you do that, you're gonna find that you're not alone, that there are other Christians there, that they admire your boldness, and they're inspired to go share the, their faith with somebody else. I once, as a, as a high school kid, took the microphone and shared the gospel with the cafeteria. And then the resource officer came for me, so I ran out. But as I did, there were kids cheering. <laughs> like, anytime I've done this, I've never regretted it. You know, I regret not doing it more. Uh, what, you hear in the, what you hear in the dark, man, let it be spoken in the light. Don't keep the gospel of Jesus Christ a secret. Um, man, it's worth any consequence that comes your way, especially if somebody's saved and saved forevermore. You may not see the fruit of it. It could be that somebody who heard you do that, heard your rebellious proclamation, later gives his or her life to Jesus Christ. I'll tell you more about this tomorrow, but it's because I'm more afraid of God than I am the resource officer. I'm more afraid of God than I am uh, that one angry Karen mom parent. <laughs> like, I'm more afraid of God than I am losing that job, all right? I, I'm more afraid of God than I am the repercussions for proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's, it's, it's just the bottom line, right? The, ultimately, we'll do things because we're motivated, we're pulled to the, to do the will of God by the Great Commission, by our love for God. But we're also, uh, we also are, are often motivated more by a fear of a negative consequence. Like I'm afraid of standing before God having not shared the gospel more often. Don't be more afraid of your coworkers than you are the holy God who invented hell. Do you understand? Be more afraid of God than you are of anything. And for that reason, obey what God said right here in this text.